This is In Between Stations Radio. Welcome to In Between Stations Radio. I thought today I'd get away from some of the serious broadcasts that I've been putting out lately and get back into the art of storytelling and uh, just slip into a little journey here. And let me just say a little bit about the vernacular, uh, or as my great-grandpa would say, the vernacular. The, the, way you, the way we speak, it's cultural, it's, it's regional, and um, especially when I grew up. And I was raised by grandparents. Uh, both sets are now passed away. And almost all of them were born uh, in the early part of the 20th century. My great-grandparents, I knew some of them. My grandma Sarah, my grandpa Hank, and great-grandma Josephine were born uh, around 1880s. Uh, my grandma Josephine's, I had two of them, were born a little later than that. And these people all spoke in a particular way because they were born and raised in, in a place. And uh, southern Colorado... Um, some of them carried their southern accents with them when they came from the Civil War to the West. And I think with the advent of TV and with the internet, social media, we're beginning to lose these beautiful parts of a colorful way of growing up that, that had a lot to do with, with the way we spoke and, and, and with migrations. You know, one of the most important things in anthropology and archaeology is, is linguistics. Linguistics can trace a tribe and a people and origins a lot of times, and it ties into other things like artifact of evidence, into uh, traditional storytelling and mythology, and Americans are slowly starting to lose that as a whole, and I think that's really sad. And one of the beautiful things about northern Arizona and northern Utah, where I grew up in a largely Mormon culture, which carried a lot of, a lot of accents with it. There was a particular way the older Mormon people spoke. And I don't hear that much anymore, especially where I grew up. And, you know, I never really... There's my cuckoo clock. I never really noticed um, until one day a real close girlfriend of mine in high school called me up. She, she passed away not long after this. And she called me up and I noticed she had a really, what I considered a thick accent. And then I thought, you know, and she said to me, she said, You know, Dave, the way I talk is the way you used to talk and you lost that. And I think over time I thought, you know, I'm going to go back and grab my roots and, and hold on to this way of speaking that has a colorful, metaphorical way of telling stories. And so northern Arizona is a good place. And I, I think when you get around indigenous people, natives, especially if they're older and they speak their, their language fluently, they have a beautiful accent, not only in English, but Spanish and other local languages here. Now, in the state of Arizona, there's 21 tribes, and I think close to 12, 13, maybe 14 indigenous languages spoke here, other than English and Spanish, which came much later. So, um, there's a lot of languages spoke here in Arizona. And um, I just want to have fun here and not get too scientific and just go back and pay tribute to the people I grew up with and slip back into my earlier self. and 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 just have fun with a little mythology here and places that I travel a lot to. And, uh, you know, I'm deeply in love with the reservations and the nations there, Hopi, Dene, and Zuni, and all the Pueblos. These are people I've been around 
most of my life, especially Diné people, and I owe a great deal to them, especially after the war I came home from that helped me to get better from this horrible sickness that I had. And so um, I'm grateful to them always, and I spend a lot of time on the reservations in the villages. And that really, you know, genetically we talk about we're related to somebody, you know, we, oh, I had an Indian princess in my family and all this stuff. You know, really, it's, it's how you grow up. And if you grow up in a village, if you grow up in a tribe and you're there and you're educated in the uh, uh, traditional systems such as Hopi, which are very complex and deep, and I've talked about this before, thousands of years of information and, and cultural beliefs. And there's a lot in there, especially in the Hopi education. It's, you know, it's really never been cracked. There's so much there. As many people, scientific outsiders, have, been, have never been able to get into the very depths of, of all that's known at Hopi. And there's a reason for that. It's very sacred. It's an educational system. I have one friend that's a medicine man. He has a PhD. And I asked him once, I said, is there more knowledge in the PhD you have or in your, and he's a medicine person, a tribal leader, or in or in the information that you've learned is, is a Hopi. And he said, oh, there's much, much, much more than what I ever, I ever learned at a university. And I think that's, that's what I'm talking about. We don't want to lose that. And language itself is one of the qualifiers of a culture. And when the language disappears, then you lose all these beautiful traditions, some thousands of years old. And the way we speak and the way we talk are an important part of that. And I don't know if I'm very fond of this kind of particular way you speak. The vernacular, as my great-grandpa used to say. The, the vernacular, the way you speak, the way you sing. Um, I don't know if there's a proper way of speaking. I you know the Queen's English and all this other bullshit. I'm sorry. Um, I think we should la we should latch on to our traditions and, and and keep a hold of those. And so I just want to have fun at this. So let's let's move on now and let's have some fun with some good storytelling and the places I've been and a little bit of mythology mixed in there. All right, let's have some fun. Nineteen fifty-five GMC pickup truck with my stumpy tail healer gunner. Yeah, this old truck. It was the first time they put a V8 engine out, 155 horsepower. That's what it was then. I don't think it gets that much now. Compression's down a little bit. Yeah, you could get a three-speed on the calm, but this is a four-speed on the floor of the clutch. If you've never driven a clutch before, then you're missing a lot, but then it's hard to replace one as well. So it was snowing in Flagstaff. Pretty good. Got on 66 and we headed out. Got on old 89. It was quite a, quite a drive through the snow. Snow plows hadn't been through, going up the pass there, past the peaks. Doko asleep or Never been much speaking Hopi, but that's kind of how you say it. Got the pass there and the big downgrade on 89 and past old Hank's closed down store used to be open. Knew him back in the old days. It's just a ghost place now. And you keep driving and the country's pretty open and beautiful. Goes forever in both directions. You can see those beautiful red cliffs way in the distance and just goes on forever and ever and there's not a soul out there you just keep driving along 89 but the snow's coming down so it's a little different than it is in the summer 
pretty much all white, a little bit slick. Then you come to that little town, Cameron, where there's been a trading post since I don't know when, forever. It's got a little bigger now. It's got a restaurant and gift shop that all the tourists and the big Japanese and Chinese buses stop at. A couple of gas stations. Uh, but it's, it used to be just a small place you got in your mail. There's still a little post office there. And, uh, you stop there and get a bite to eat. And, uh, but before that, after you, kind of when you're passing it, you got to go over the, the chasm there. There's a bridge. Two of them, and I guess there's three now. You can still see the old steel trestle bridge there. It's got a little bit of snow on it today. Gunner don't care. He never looks at it. Well, it used to be called Tanner's Crossing before they built a bridge, and it was kind of rough going down there because you had to go across the river, and if it was flooded, you didn't make it usually. And if it wasn't, it might be real muddy, but they built this big old steel trestle bridge over the top of that deep canyon, and you can still see it there in Cameron off to the side. Off there where they have that restaurant with beautiful Navajo rugs in there, and even more beautiful Navajo girls serving you fry bread. Well, as it turns out, that big old high trestle bridge, one day one of my friends, uh, Albert Begay, was having some fry bread and looked out the big window of the restaurant and you could see the, see the old steel trestle bridge there and way up on top was this, uh, this little white guy. He looked little because it's pretty far up there and before Hostin Begay, Albert Begay, could finish his fry bread and wash it down with coffee, he watched that guy up there on the bridge, watched him out the window, jump off. Yeah. Down he went. And that was the end of him, and the ambulance came and I don't know what happened after that. My friend didn't tell me. He said a whole lot of people circled around, looked down there, and just thought, well, that's kind of how it goes sometimes if these people from out of town, they go a little bit crazy. Yep, so they built another bridge, and that's the one we're driving over today. It's kind of snowy and slick. Snow's coming down, of course. Gunner's still got to have that damn window open and look out there. He's got to look way down there in the wash, make sure there's no other healers down there, especially girl ones, because we might have to stop the truck and he might have to get out and see her. <laughs> so we got over that bridge. It don't take too long. And if you're inebriated, well, you might just drive over that bridge and join our buddy that jumped off the still one way back in the, in the day. Well, it wasn't too long ago. It was a few years back. But, well, anyway, we got over the bridge and we headed out in the open country there. Reservation, Navajo Nation, Hopi Nation, whatever. It's big country out here and you just keep driving through it, seeing all the beautiful mesa tops and colored hills go out there. And there's, there's some houses here and there, a few little communities between, between the bridge and Tuba City. You gotta turn off there and go up there. And, but it's real beautiful country you can see for a long ways. In fact, if you look back, you can, you can see Doko Slid or Nubaktakyaovi, San Francisco peaks there, and they got a little bit of snow up there. Back quite a bit of snow, actually, especially in the last few hours. But it ain't cleared off, so I'm just guessing. So, anyway, they started down the road, and I kicked it into fourth gear, and 
Gunner wanted the window down again, so down it went. You know, I had to reach over there while I'm driving at the same time and roll down the window. No power windows in this old GMC truck. And I got to be careful because that window kind of drops down and, you know, and then it won't work and then I'll have to pull off the road and fix it so it won't be getting cold in here. But Gunner's got to have his, got to have his cool air and smell everything, so that's how it goes. Went up the steep grade, goes up over the clay hills there, red hot hills in the summer, but they're cold and covered with snow now. Lost traction a little bit, so kicked it in, kicked it into third gear and got up to grade the top there and just kept going. It kind of opens up there and you can see uh, Monavi over there. Monavi, Monavi. I don't know, it's got a lot of names. Been there a long time. Well, one guy even named it son of a bitch because he got three flat tires out there in the mud. Beautiful place, a lot of springs, cornfields. Mormons used to live there a long time ago. Even Father Escalani passed through there back in 1776. I think he might have been drinking a little bit of wine too because he got a little lost there and didn't know where he was at. Spanish Trail, yep, the old Spanish Trail long before this road we're driving on now. All right, well, here we come to the city, Arizona. Tulba City, Arizona is what the Hopi's down there in Mungkopi told me. Yeah, that's why people we always mispronounce it. To tell you the truth, I ain't never seen anybody play tuba there. Well, I did one time. Yeah, it's, you know, one of my drunk friends, he played a tuba. Sounded pretty good, kind of. I don't know. Anyway, we passed through the stoplight there. It used to be a pie place there. You could eat pies over there. Best apple pies ever. Back when they had a little fair, now it's bigger than Phoenix the fair is, the Navajo fair. That comes about winter time when the Abache dance up there, ship rocking here too. Anyway, we kept going, snow's coming down. I said, uh, gave my hellos to the Moncapi and family down there and all the good things going on right now. Well, they call this old road, I guess back before it was asphalted and back before it had snow across it, the Navajo Trail. <laughs> yep, the old Navajo Trail, that's the, that's the road we're on, just moving, going right past Cow Springs. There's even a place called Hog Heaven somewhere around here, and Yazzie's old tire shop, we just kept going, laying down the treads, slipping and sliding a little bit, that snow's coming down out there. We're gonna head up there to old coal mine and used to have a little gas station store there and a big old front scoop crane that packed in a mile of earth every scoop they say <laughs> i don't know but that old mine's way up there controversy mine caused a lot of trouble now it's closed down we kept going down that road heading up to Kiente. went past the old uh, burned up cafe and motel there by by the Sege Canyon. There's a lot of old dwellings in that canyon. You gotta take a hike up there sometime. Might take you five years to get up to the top of it. By Navajo Mountain. We don't have time for that. We're just trying to get through this snow right now. We shifted into third gear. Got some pretty good studded snow tires on the back. It's kind of hard driving at that rear wheel drive. 1955. Not much a horsepower can do when your wheels aren't getting the traction they ought to. But that's how it goes, and that's the kind of truck we're driving. The old stumpy tail healer gunner. 
He wants the window down again, so I reach over there, try not to get in the wreck, because it's kind of slick, and roll the window back down. It's better than pulling over. That dog gets his way no matter what. I'm sure he'll want some snacks pretty soon again, too. Well, we pulled into Kiente. Kiente. I ain't even gonna try to say the Navajo name. <laughs> Looked at my gas gauge in the old uh, 55 GMC. Looks like we're getting close to low. So we're just gonna pull in here and get a little bit of gas. Little gunner out so he can so he can mark his territory and maybe find himself a cute little healer dog. There's a lot of them up here, healing dogs. You know, them, uh, Queensland healers, they call them. <laughs> now Gunner, he's a stumpy tail, and he came right from Australia. Land down under, they shipped him in a box, and he was a little pup. Three thousand dollar dog, and Sedona nobody wanted him. So I picked him up at the park one day to hit the fair. Got me a, a little stumpy tail healer pup. No tail, lots of spots, white, strong, powerful. His ears are about three feet tall. I might mistake him for a coyote, except he's got short hair. There's Gunner. Yep, I'm getting the gas, and he's over there letting out a big old long yellow stream of golden water. <laughs> Snow's coming down. I can't see a damn thing. I guess I guess I put my cowboy hat on and maybe I'll have me a cigarette. Oh yeah, I stopped smoking years ago. That's right. <laughs> well, all right, we're gonna head up now. Head up to Monument Valley. That's right. Head up there with the big old rocks and beautiful cliffs. Or even when it snows, it's still red and beautiful. Big territory. We're going to head right up there on 163. If we can make it, if we can make it, we'll get a few snacks too in there. Some chips and a little bit of licorice and some goodies for Gunner. He loves stuff. I'll get him a couple of peanut butter cookies. Now you start heading up there towards Utah. They call it 163. I remember hearing about when it was just a dirt road. Boy, it goes across some beautiful country. I don't want to talk about John Wayne and all the movies he made. He made a lot well. Well, they whip kids to teach them better. They what? The right old Teeler. Climb to that wagon wheel. Whatever that other director's name was, it had one eye and, you know, I think he had a glass eye or something like that. John Wayne, the Duke. <laughs> made all those movies there or something like that. Stagecoach with no back wheels and four horses pulling it, a lot of dust coming out. Anyway, it's beautiful country, even though it's snowing right now and the clouds are hanging low, you can see all those red sandstone monuments, buttes. Yep, them buttes are something else. They've been around a long time. Some people say volcanoes made them, I don't know. There's a lot of names. This great big one, it looks like a missile we're going past. Got clouds up there, but you know it. Looks just like a big old rocket gonna launch off her. You know, I don't know. I guess got a lot of names. Son of a bitch is one of its names. You get a flat tire there, but there's good people to help you out. It's got a long old Navajo name. I ain't even gonna try to say it. Anyway, we got past there. It's got about six inches of snow in the road, and I'm trying to keep the traction of those old studded snow tires in the back, back wheel drive, so I shift into third. We're doing, we swerve around a little bit. Gunner, he don't care much, and all of a sudden there's a big old flashing red lights up there. I, I, it's kind of strange. I don't know what it was, an airplane, maybe a helicopter. 
slow down a little bit so we can look up there at the windshield wipers going. You know, it's the damnedest thing I ever seen is a big old mothership UFO landed right there. Steam coming out. We I hit the brakes and slid off to the road a little bit there. Hey, me and old Gunner hopped out. Gunner's got a stumpy tail going around like a propeller, you know, real fast. He's barking. Big old silver UFO there. I mean, you hear about them on TV and people seen them. Some people smoking that wacky tobacco. Other people had too much to drink, but I'm pretty sober as far as I can tell. Just had a lot of potato chips. And, well, now, I've been around a while. Most things don't surprise me too much, but this sure did. Tell you what, man, steam started coming out and that old steel silver door came down real slow. You know, made that sound come down, hit the ground, and snow's coming down, there's steam coming out. Crazy old weird looking white guy, you know, comes out. Of course, I'm white too, and I run up to him and he motions for us to come over there. And Gunner, he's, his tail's wagging still, so I'm like, all right. I go over there and put my hand out. He had kind of a little limpy hand. He said, And I was like, well, I'm a Belagana too, and I guess we're both crazy. He's a son of a bitch. But he's more, more crazy than me because his hair was standing straight up and real white, and he had kind of a screwy look on his face. Anyway, so we got to talking like, well, you know, like you do there and there, the big silver UFO flying saucer off the side of the road there in about a foot of snow and, and getting to be a lot more in the roads. So we just started talking. Nobody came by. I can see why because the weather was pretty bad. I looked over there at the Red Buttes. And he had asked me if I had some cigarettes. I said, no, I stopped smoking a few years ago. He said, well, I got a cigar here. And he smoked it for a while. Smelled kind of good, I guess, Cuban cigar. And he just told me that when he jumped off that old uh, iron bridge up there in Cameron, that he just kept going down into the down into the center of the earth. And there's a whole lot of villages and towns down there, mostly native. A couple of white guys. He's about the only one. They taught him how to make a UFO. And he's been flying around all over the universe. And he decided to come down here in Monument Valley because it's so beautiful, especially when it snows asked me if I wanted to ride in a spaceship and I said no I gotta I gotta head up there past the Goldings snow's coming down high I said well all right we'll see you and he got inside and Gunner was barking like a crazy old healer he is it's that old UFO flames coming out of that flying silver ship going up there in the sky Woo! just up there and disappeared in the clouds in the snow well we walked back got in the truck I had a few chips and Took my hat off, shook the snow off, kept my jacket on, still cold, and cranked on the radio, old 660 Navajo Nation. I could hear it pretty good. Turned on the truck, got the old, revved up the gas a little bit, put the clutch in and shifted into first, kind of pulled out a little slow there because I didn't want to, you know, get stuck. A lot of snow there, and we just kind of, kind of slowly shifted into second. Moving along, fishtailing a little bit. Snow was coming down, got into third. I'm gonna take it a little cautious. Got the headlights on so I can, just so I can kind of see a little better, even though it's in the middle of the daytime. Still trying to get over that flying saucer UFO thing. I, I don't know, maybe I ought to start drinking again. But Gunner will keep me solid. Keep me on the straight and narrow like he always does. Except he's gotta have some more peanut butter cookies, so I reach over and give him one. Look out the window, 
can't see that well, but look out there and oh, it sure is beautiful. See the, the red buttes off there and the, off to the side, the big ones, the little ones, pretty white out there. Usually it's red and got a desert going. High desert was full of red sand, but today it's pretty much covered with white. Peter wasn't working too well because you can see Iron Gunner's breath. He didn't care. He wanted the window back down again. <laughs> we kept going and got the old radio turned there on old 660 Navajo Reservation. Half Navajo, half English. Listened to some basketball game, I guess. I'm not sure if it was pre-recorded. Wasn't coming in too good. Picked up a couple of nice old chant songs on the radio. Kept going. I don't know. Could see off there in the distance. You know, it's getting towards sunset. Weren't too far from Mexican Hat in the San Juan, which I heard is kind of frozen over this year. Somebody's standing out there. Couldn't quite tell what it was. Probably somebody hitchhiking wanting to get back to goldings or back in there somewhere maybe their little house maybe they're gonna have a ceremony or something I don't know could tell he had a cowboy hat on I wondered who might be standing on the side of the road with a snowstorm coming down like that so I shifted down into second gear put the brakes on the gunner was wondering what was going on then he could see the ah it was kind of dark you know I mean it's with the white snow coming down kind of a kind of kind of foggy a little bit slowed the truck down and young guy cowboy hat on maybe some kind of old wool coat i can't tell one of them long overcoats and had some boots on i'll be darned if he didn't have a burrow behind him with with stuff on the on the back of the burrow kind of weighed down I rolled the window down and said, what are you doing? He said, hey, I wonder if I could get a ride from you. And I was like, sure, hop in. So, Gunner scooted over right next to me and got in there, kicked on the heater a little bit more. The static and the radio couldn't pick up anything. I said, uh, where are you going? He said, well, he said, I'm actually uh, going wherever you are. I said, well, look like you're heading back to... Flagstaff or Chen Li, and he said, no, i just looking for a ride. And I said, well, nice to meet you, and I shook his hand as much as I could and shifted into fourth gear and picked up a traction a little bit on the, I wish the snow plow would come down the road, I thought. And he said, I said, what you, what you doing there? And he, he said, maybe you ought to go back there and we ought to get my burrow. He said, I need that. So I was like, oh yeah, we forgot to put him in the back, and so we, Turned around, did a little U-turn there on the road, took it easy because, you know, I got that uh, back-wheel drive and uh, got the traction down, went back and we picked up this burrow and put him in the back of the truck. It wasn't too easy. Put the tailgate down and he got up in there and pulled him in the back and got him secure back there. Burrow wasn't too happy about it with all that weight on the back. He took the took the gear off and set it down and said, you know, uh, he'll be all right. He's used to the snow. I said, okay. And got back in the truck and I said, what are you doing with the burrow out here? Don't you have a car? He said, no, never have had one. I said, well, I said, um, you can go ahead and take your hat off if you want. And he took one of those black cowboy hats, those old 1930 kind, you know, with the tall, tall hat and the big brim and kind of all wet there and took that off and 
Had blonde hair, I guess he's about 22 years old, beautiful smile. I said, so what you been up to? And he said, well, you know, I said, you got a cigarette? And I said, no, I, I stopped smoking a long time ago. He said, oh, all right. He said, uh, how far is it to Mexican Hat? I said, oh, about 20 more miles if I get down this road without getting stuck. The snow's coming down pretty good. He said, yeah. He said, I've been out there. It's been kind of cold lately and a lot of snow, he said, but I, I'm kind of used to it. Well, Gunner sure seemed to like him, you know, snuggled up to him there. And he said, well, that's a kind of worn out bandana he's got in there. I said, yeah, he's had it for about 10 years. Yeah, he likes the red ones or blue ones? I said the red ones. He said, yeah. He said, you look like you're pretty cold. He said, oh, not too bad. This wool coat keeps him warm. I got it in San Francisco. I said, oh, are you from California? He said, yeah, I'm from California. And I said, oh, I said, well, what brings you here? He said, well, I've been spending the last uh, summer and autumn, fall here uh, in the canyon country. I said, really? He said, whereabouts? He said, well, over there in Escalante. I said, Escalante? He said, yeah, Escalante. He said, uh, I was there for a little while, and then I, I said, he said, do you know much about the Escalante River Canyons? I said, yeah, I've been there a few times. He said, well, you know, uh, you know the lower, uh, the lower canyons? I said, yeah. And he said, I said, which ones you, did you go to? He said, well, I went, 50 mile to soda and then I went to 40 mile and he said they're all beautiful he said I this whole country's beautiful I said yeah that's for sure I said I spent a number of years in them canyons he said yeah I got in there in that uh, one called Davis I said Davis I said Davis Gulch he said yeah I camped out there for a while and then a snowstorm came in and thought I might want to want to leave and so I Went down the canyon, went past Cathedral, and you know, it was a little cold there. And you know, I left, I left my burrows back there, at least all but this one that's back here in the back of your truck. Yeah, he said, I left my gear back there too. I got another set here though. And I said, Ah, oh. I said, Well, he said, That's real nice. So I said, How'd you get, a, how'd you get across Lake Powell? He said, Lake Powell. He said, I don't, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, that's uh, that's all full of water. He said, Glen Canyon? I said, yeah, Glen Canyon's all filled up. He said, no, it's not filled up. He said, I made myself a little raft and went across the Colorado River there. It's a little frozen and got to the other side. I said, wow. I said, the, the reservoir must be pretty low then. He said, reservoir? I don't know what you're talking about. But he said, got across there. And he said, I wandered around for a while, I guess. I don't know week or so and then I got here on this road and guess you picked me up here I said yeah I said well I said where are you where are you going he said well I said you know now I get to thinking about why don't you just drop me off there in Mexican hat and get my burrow and I'll just continue on I said well it's kind of cold he said yeah he said you know sometimes it seems like I've been wandering for a hundred years or more I said yeah that place gets like this I said you speak Navajo he said, yeah. He said, a little bit. No, not, not that much, but as much I can get around. He said, you know, uh, you know any good cafes and uh, Mexican hat? I said, well, there's the one by the river, but that's, that's 
kind of closed right now. I, I said, I don't know, it might be another little cafe up there a little further. Well, we got, went one of them cafes, had a bunch of cups of coffee and a little bit to eat. I looked at him, he still had that big old tall cowboy hat on, beautiful smile, I had the most, most beautiful teeth i ever seen, those eyes were smiling. I said, how old are you? He said, I don't know, I guess I'm about 21 years old. I said, you're pretty young. He said, yeah, but I've been around. I said, I can tell. He said, brother, I said, brother, why don't you, before we get to unload that old burrow of yours and you start on that path wherever you're going, why don't you, why don't you go back with me? He said, back where? I said, well, I think it's the first week here in December. Friday, Friday, ain't it? He's looking out there and it's getting night now. Still snowing out there. and Yeah, it's Friday night. He said, well, what, what do you want to do? I said, you know what? Let's head on up there to New Mexico to Zuni Pueblo. Well, I've got some, uh, got some friends up there in Zuni Pueblo, and they're going to be serving some nice meals up there and having some dances and stuff. And I bet we'd have some good time up there with, uh, with the Oshawa people. He's like, what? I don't think I've ever been there. I said, well, yeah, good food. It's one of the most beautiful places you've ever been. He's like, really? I said, yeah, I'll take you back there, and then we can head back to Flagstaff after that. He's like, oh, that sounds sounds good. He said, I'm grateful. He said, uh, I'm going to have to go out there and dry off my burrow a little bit. Put another blanket on, make sure it'll be okay. I said, yeah. I said, and I took a sip of my coffee. Old Gunner is up there in the old cafe seat by me, and he's almost asleep. I said, brother, what's your name anyway? I said, I forgot to ask you. Old Gunner perked up his three-foot-tall ears. He looked at me and kind of smiled and said, well, my name's Nemo. I looked at him. I said, Nemo? Really? He's like, yep, that's my name. And I was like, Nemo? Ain't that the name that was used in that book, The Odyssey, by Homer? It's like, yeah, that's that same name. I said, well, that's kind of an interesting name. Well, Nemo, I guess we'll finish off our coffee and these eggs and toast here, and we'll, even though this is breakfast, dinner and everything, we'll get back in the old truck and we'll head on up there to, head up there into New Mexico and we'll have a good time. And I'm grateful to have the company. I think Gunner is too. All right, and so we got in the truck, and we snow coming down. It's nighttime. I knew we had a ways to go. Wasn't worth staying in any of those old motels. Just do the drive and get there, and then we just spend the next two days in Zuni. Zuni Pueblo, New Mexico. And Zuni's Eloqua Oshawa people are going to have a good time with them. All right, well, that's my story, and I hope someday maybe I'll meet you. That's how things go here in the southwest, in the back country here on the reservations.
This is In Between Stations Radio.